Amen. Thank you, Miss Phyllis. I would normally tell you right about now where to turn in your Bible. And I'd read the text and I'd give you a title. But this morning I'm going to give you a title first. Before you start turning in your text. I'm going to bring a message this morning entitled, Have You Ever Asked Why? Have you ever asked why? Have you ever gone through anything in your life? You simply don't understand why. You, you don't understand why God would allow such a thing. Well, somebody tell me, why would a baby die? Why would a young mother or a young father die? Le leaving another one here alone to have to raise children in a world like this one. Why would you lose your job? I mean, doesn't God know you have to have that? And, and it brings financial devastation to yourself and to your family. Why would God allow such things to happen in our lives? Well, if you'll turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of Job, chapter number 1. Job, chapter 1. I was talking to somebody this week. I told them I started to change the title of this message this morning. I thought about changing it to, are you a thermometer or are you a thermostat? A thermometer is constantly changing. A thermometer can be up, a thermometer can be down, but it is controlled fully by whatever is going on around it. But a thermostat is a constant. A thermostat controls the temperature on the inside no matter what is going on on the outside. The book of Job is one of the first of six books of the Old Testament. They're called the poetical books. You have Job and you have the Psalms, the Proverbs, um, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Lamentations. Those are called the poetical books of the Old Testament. And you have books that are called books of wisdom. Job is the first of the book of wisdom. You have Job and you have the Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, so you have poetical books, you also have books of wisdom, which means you have poetical wisdom. Wisdom literature deals with the broad realm of human experience. The exact date of the writing and the author of the book of Job is unknown and believed to be unknown. Nobody really accredits anything to that. We, um, we, we do, many theologians, actually probably most believe that Job is probably the first book of the Bible that was ever written. Um, it is in the Old Testament, a little less than midway there. And you notice that there's no mention of the law. There's no mention of the temple. There's no mention of the tabernacle. So because of those things, it's believed that the writings may have taken place even well before the writings of Moses and the book of Genesis. One of the things that we do know is the Word of God is not given to us in a chronological order. It's given to us the way that God wants us to have it so that it tells the story. Amen? The book of Job deals with the sufferings of a righteous man. The Holy Spirit says of Job in the opening verse, in verse number 1 of Job chapter 1, that there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. That man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. I preached a message a good little while back. The title of that message was The Day Without God. 
And in that, I use just the rest of this particular passage, beginning in verse number 13 here. I use this passage to show you what a day would look like in your life if God were to remove his hand from you for a single day. If God were to take his hedge of protection off of your life, take his hedge of protection off your possessions, take his hedge of protection off your home, take his hedge of protection off your children, if God were to remove his hand for a day. This is what your life would look like. There was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. There came a messenger under Job and said the oxen were plowing, the asses were feeding beside them, and the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking... There came also another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven and has burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another, said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. I only am escaped alone to tell thee. I pray that I never experience a day Anywhere even close to that day. But Job's response in verse number 20 arose. He ran his mantle, shaved his head, and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. He said, Naked came out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. God, I ask you to take this text this morning. I pray you deliver it according to your perfect will, God. God, I pray now you forgive me, clean me up of anything that might hinder your Holy Spirit from using me for this next few minutes. God, I pray you'd anoint my lips, Father, that I might speak your word in spirit and in truth. God, I pray you'd anoint the ears of the hearers, God. I pray that you would speak into the hearts and minds and souls of the hearers, God. I pray that you would take this for an intended purpose, God. And I pray that you'd move the heart of your people. I pray you'd help us, God, to be better servants, Lord. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. In chapter number 8, Bildad, supposedly one of Job's friends, you know, supposedly, so-called friends, He came and he accused Job of being wicked. He said in verse number 6, he said, If thou wert pure and upright, surely now he would awake for thee. Now that right there irritates me in itself. Because Bildad implies that while you're going through your problems, that your God is asleep. Bildad don't know nothing about my God. For my God never sleeps nor slumbers. My God is always awake. 
My God always has his hands on me, and my God is always in control of what is going on in my life, no matter whether I think it's good or bad. God is in control. And I resent the fact that anybody would even imply that while I'm going through my storm that my God was asleep. But maybe he would awake for thee and make the habitation of thy righteousness prosperous. No, the simple fact is Job wasn't doing anything wrong, yet God allowed it anyway. In chapter 13, Job gives an answer for himself to his friends and his his accusers, and he says in verse 15, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I will maintain mine own ways before him. Chapter number 28, I'm not going to spend a lot of time there. It gives us a beautiful discussion about wisdom. But in chapters 38 through 41, God shows up and gives an answer for himself. Chapter 42, Job said, I've heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. That's the story of Job. That's that's a briefing of the story in the Old Testament. But what about you? What about your trial? What about your situations? What about your past? The things that you've endured. The things that you've been through in your life. What about your present? For some of you, it's not the past. For some of you, it's the right now. This may be happening. What, What about why is this happening to me? Not, not why is there so much evil in the world or why do bad things happen to good people, but why is this happening to me? Anybody ever ask that? I don't want to be by myself up in here. Well, there's three or four of you, praise God. The rest of us is all holy and spiritual. But some of us sinners, weaker vessels, have asked God, why? 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 What do you do when you've run out of questions? Well, what do you do when you simply don't understand why? I, I would tend to believe that out of all the 66 amazing books of the holy inspired word of God, that if I want to deal with the question of why, probably the book of Job would be one of my greatest resources to turn to. Here's what I take in a nutshell from the teachings of Job. Note takers, you may want to write it down. Faith is not receiving from God the things that I want, but accepting from God whatever he sends. Do I I need to say that one again? you need to put that up there? Faith, real, genuine, true, heartfelt, I believe you. I trust you. I'm holding on to you. No matter what happens, I count on you. I'll never let go of you. In the darkest of nights, my true faith is not receiving from God the things that I want, but accepting from God whatever he sends. Faith is praising God when he gives, praising God when he taketh away. God sends not always what we want. God sends what he wants us to have. God sends what we need for now that God might do something in us and or through us. Because if God allows it, 
then it is for our good and it is for his glory. You and I can never become what God intends for us to be without going through some serious construction sometimes. We talked last week about how these old bodies get worn out, amen? You know, buildings do. Buildings get worn down. And, and sometimes to get a building back up, kind of to par, back up to where it needs to be, all it takes is a little TLC, a, a little extra cleaning, a little bit of work here and there. But sometimes it needs restoration. Sometimes you got to come in and tear some stuff down. You got to pull out some walls. You got to rip up some carpet. You got to get some stuff out of the way. Sometimes progress looks like a disaster area. Sometimes before you can ever start seeing any signs of progress, it starts looking like you're demolishing the building. It's looking like you're getting rid of the building. But sometimes you just got to tear some stuff down, get some junk out so you can start building the new. And when you get through, even though it's the same building, it's more beautiful even than it was in the day that it was built. But there had to be some tearing down first. There are some lessons that you and I have to learn, that have to be learned in the night seasons. You can't learn some of the things you have to learn on the mountaintop. You can't learn all of the lessons that you've got to learn in the day season. So if you're in a night season, or if you're in a day season, I want to give you something you can bank on. This is a quote from Dr. Gardner Taylor. If it is good, enjoy it. If it is bad, endure it, because neither will last. You hear that one? If it's good, enjoy it. If it's bad, endure it, because neither is going to last. Now, here's some things that we can take, give us some comfort here. The Bible says that God said to Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? He said, oh, yeah. I thought about him. I've been thinking about him. He kind of rubbed my feathers the wrong way. I've been thinking a lot about him. But you haven't hedged about him, so there ain't nothing I can do about it. Oh, I thought a lot about him, about what I do to him. But I can't do anything, God, because you have your hand upon him. So, so God gives him some right and says, okay, here's some things you can do. But even when God allowed the devil to persecute him, he still set limitations on what he could do. So, some of you didn't get that. That's Old Testament. Let, let me bring it to 2018. No matter what has happened in your past, no matter what you're going through today, it is not nearly as bad as what the devil wanted to do to you. And God wouldn't let him. No matter what's going on in your world, no matter what the devil's done to you, it's not as bad as what the devil intended to do to you. It's not as bad as what the devil desires to do to you. But God set limitations. God does not allow storms into our lives to destroy us, but to develop us. God's working on us and building us. And the only way God can develop us sometimes as we have to endure some things. In 2018 terms, Job lost his house. It was a mansion. He lost, he lost his luxury cars. 
his Mercedes Benz and his Rolls Royces. He lost all of his stuff. He, he lost all of his employees. He lost all of his business. He lost the equipment and everything that he used that made him the wealthiest man in all of the East. He, he lost all of his money. He had millions in the bank. He, he lost his stocks and his bonds. He, he lost his savings account. He lost everything. He, he woke up one morning the wealthiest man on that side of earth. And he went to bed that night, slap broke. Worse than all that, he woke up that morning with 10 children. And he went to bed. All of them were dead. All of his children, the children that he prayed for every day. The Bible says that Job prayed for his children every day. The Bible says that Job sacrificed oxen for his children every day. It was called a sin offering. And he offered a sacrifice every day just in case my children might have sinned. I'm going to offer. He prayed for them every single day of their life. And God let them die. Every day he lost it all. Before it was all said and done, Job had lost his wealth. He lost his family, and we'll see when we get on over in chapter 2, but he even lost his health. And this was his answer at the end of the day. Cleaned himself off. He got up and got himself presentable, and he worshiped. Naked came out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave. The Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Everything that you go through in life is a growing season for things that are yet to come. Everything is a preparation series. Everything is a training. Everything that's happened up to today was preparation for today. Everything happening today is preparation for tomorrow. Everything that happens tomorrow is preparation for the future. Everything that God does has an intended purpose. You had to have been through some stuff before you can give an answer like Job gave. You had to have been through some storms and some trials. This can't be your first rodeo to get up at the end of a day like that and worship and say, blessed be the name of the Lord. You've got to endure some stuff. Job said, I didn't cry when he gave it to me. I didn't cry when God was blessing me, and I'm not going to cry when he took it away. Just like I praised him in the day season, I'm going to praise him in the night season. Chapter 1, Job's lost all that he had. He worshiped. Chapter 2, they came before God again, back and forth, to and from. God says, has thou considered my servant Job? God says, did you see that? Were you there, devil, at the end of the day? Did you see that, devil? The devil said, skin for skin. Yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. Put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he'll curse thee to thy face. The Lord said unto Satan, behold, he is in thine hand, but you better thank God for the buts. He is in thine hand, but. You ever felt like you were in the hand of the devil? You might have been, but there was a but placed in there. Devil, you can do this, but. 
Devil, I'm going to let you get away with so much, but he is in thine hand for a season, but save his life. So I want you to see something right there. God, God says you can touch his body, but his soul is mine. There's a part of him that you can't touch. There's a part of him that belongs to me. There's a part of him that I won't never put up for bargain. There's a part of him I won't ever trade. There's a part of him you can't ever touch. What's on the outside, the physical body, you can bang it up if you want to. But what's on the inside is mine, and you keep your hands off of it. I thank God that he won't never bargain our forever. My soul is in his hands. If it wasn't just for the hedge, not just for the hedge about the stuff, we, we can get more stuff. We need to thank him not just for the hedge about us, <clears throat> for, for protecting our, our health and our physical body, because health may fail, but I got a new body coming. There's another day coming. I got a glorified body coming. Health may fail in this life, but Jesus said in the world, you shall have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Suffering's got a purpose. Sometimes it takes some suffering to reveal what your true character is. Sometimes it takes some suffering, not for you, to see your true character, but for those around you. Sometimes it takes some suffering so that you can see who your real friends are. Mm -hmm. Anybody can be with you when you're up. I need some people stand beside me when I'm down. <laughs> Sometimes we end up with some people in our lives you know, everybody's got their little circle, their little core group of friends. You're a little close-knit. Even Jesus had an inner circle. We, we have this little inner circle, but sometimes God may have to send a season of suffering alone that not only shapes you, but it helps you, helps you get your little inner circle cleaned out. Sometimes you've allowed people to creep into your lives that are a negative influence on you. You got people around you that are always negative. They're always pulling you down. They're always gossiping. They're always talking about what they saw on Facebook. They're always tearing down somebody. They're always tearing down your church. They're always tearing down your pastor. They're always tearing down your friend. They're always tearing down the choir. They're always tearing down that Christmas float. They're always tearing down Judgment Journey. They always got something negative to say. They're always pulling you down. And you don't realize it, but they're a negative resource in your life. And they're causing you misery. But you've allowed them inside your little inner circle. Oh, I've had them in my own life. I've had them in my life that I thought was mentors. I thought I had to have them. I thought I needed them until God sent some stuff to get them out of my circle. And it's the best thing God ever did for me. You got to be careful people will pull you down. Sometimes God has to send some storms just to clean your little network of friends up. You look at our story here in Job. Job was fine until his friends got involved. He lost everything he had in the day and worshiped. Naked I came in, naked I'll go out. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job was fine till his little inner circle of network so-called friends showed up. 
He was praising God in spite of his situation. So they come in and say, come on, Job. You know there had to be some sin in your life. You know you got to be doing something. Man, come on, tell us what it is. You know something's got to be going on. So Job got irritated at having to defend himself. So then he started talking. He started in his, in his defense to his friends, and, and he, was, he was saying, God, I don't even want to live. I wish I wouldn't have never even been born. God just scratched my birthday from off the records that there never even be any mention that I ever existed on the earth. God, if I knew where you were, I'd come and talk to you. I ain't scared to talk to you. I just don't know where you are. My eyes have never seen you before. That's what his friends caused in him. God showed up in chapter 38. So you don't talk to me, Job? I heard you've been looking for me. Get up, son. Gird yourself like a man. For I'm going to talk to you like a man. But before you say anything else, I got a couple questions for you. Where were you when I spanned the heavens? Where were you when I hung the earth on nothing? Where are the four corners of the earth? Tell me if you can. Who hollowed out the seas with his hand? Where were you when I set bounds about the oceans that they could go past no more? Can you hook the Leviathan with the hook and draw him out? Can you pierce his nose? Where were you? Who do you think you are to ask me why? Who do you think you are to question my authority? I created all there is, and you were where? All Job could say when he was done is, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I, I have spoken things too wonderful for me to understand. God, I am so sorry. And then Job prayed for his friends, the one that got him in trouble in the first place. <laughs> in the next chapter, God gave him back double everything that he took. The reason that God gave him back double, I want you to understand this. I, I know Job got a little bit sideways. I know his friends got him a little bit out of shape. And I know God came in chapter 38 through 41. I'm very familiar with that because I got bent out, of my, I bent out of shape myself one time at 2 o'clock in the morning, kicking rocks and throwing stuff at the stars and, and, and fussing at God because I didn't like what he did and the way my life was going. And I walked back in and said, if you got something to say to me, say it now. And I flipped my Bible open. I read Job chapter 38 through 41. And just like Job, I sat there in tears, and all I could say was, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I know God was paying attention. I'm scared to even question him again. The reason that God was able to give Job back twice what he took was because of his answer in verse number one, in chapter number one. The Lord giveth. The Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It doesn't matter what God's taken for you, taken from you right now. It don't matter what God's taken from you in your past. It's how you handled the taking season that determines what He's going to do in the given season. It's how you handled the night season that determines what God's going to do in the day season. You want God to bless your next day season? Whatever valley you're in won't last forever. No storm lasts forever. They come in, they blow, they howl, they tear stuff up, and they move on. No storm lasts forever. But what happens in your next day season will be determined by what happens in your night season. 
Job blessed God. He worshiped. He was a man that gave praise when God gave, and he gave praise when God took away. Laura, Laura, where's Laura Witt? She in here? Go, go, yeah, go get Laura for me. I need her in here. Matter of fact, if you want to tell her to come on up here and get a mic and let Philip know what number she got. Sometimes, sometimes we don't understand why. Can I get one amen in the house? Sometimes we just don't understand. Sometimes we even think we've been doing pretty good. We, we've been reading the Bible every morning. We, we've been praying every morning. We, we, we've been visiting people at the hospital. We, we've been returning phone calls. We, we, we've been seeking God's face. We, we've been praying for the sick. We, we've been, I feel like we've been come. Laura, come on. Come on up. You don't mind. Come on, be getting a microphone and let people know what you got. We, we, we think we've, we've been doing pretty good. And we really can't understand. Why, God? Am I, am I by myself in here? You, you thought you were probably on your best behavior. Well, you ain't even said a bad word in almost six hours. That's because you didn't drive in the last six hours. You, 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 you think you, you've been managing things well. You, you feel like you're pretty close to God. You've been praying. You're, you're fine right there. You're fixing to sing something. You, you, you think you've, you've, you've been doing good, and, and hell shows up in your living room. And everything you got starts falling apart. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Mm, sometimes we don't understand why. Anybody can wake up in a nice house, eat a king's portion for breakfast, drive to church in your Mercedes Benz, plenty of money in the bank, come in here best dressed, fit to kill, and worship God. But it takes a Christian to walk in here on the day you lost everything and worship him in spite of it. It takes somebody full of faith. It takes somebody that really trusts him. It takes somebody that really, really believes in him. That in my darkest hour, God, you're holding this in your hands. And I'm exactly where you want me to be right now. And no matter why this is going on, I'm going to worship you. It takes a different kind of faith to worship in the night season. If God has, if God has ever allowed you to be in the night season... If God has ever brought you through anything, and you can look back and see it, I want to take time to thank him. Because God was shaping you. God was doing something. If God has ever brought you through anything, I want to take time this morning to worship him. But if you're in something right now, and you need God to bring you through it now, are you Christian enough to be like Job and worship him now? Right in the middle of your storm. Right in the darkest trial of your life. Right in the moment when you need God to show up. Right when you feel like hell is defeating you on every corner. Right when you feel like your life is almost at an end. Right when you feel like everything is coming unglued. Right when you can't understand what is going to happen. Are you faithful enough in him to praise him anyway right now? Would you stand to your feet this morning? The altars are always open. You're welcome to come and pray.
Miss Laura, will you, will you, you, you got praising. seem so tall and you realize life's not always fair you can run away and hide let the old man decide or you can change your circumstances with a prayer when everything falls apart praise his name when you have a broken heart just raise your hands and say Lord you're all I need you're everything to me and you'll take the pain away and when it seems When you think you can't go on, just raise your hands and say, Greater is He that is within me, and you'll praise the hurt Pray. 
ask you real quick, let me ask you real quick before we go, if I could have heads bowed, eyes closed. There's anybody in this place you've never trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Today could be your last day. To be honest, it doesn't matter if today is not your last day. If you live a hundred more years, you'll never live a better day than the day you accept Jesus Christ. There'll never be a better day of your life than the day you accept Jesus Christ. Regardless of anything you go through from this day forward, God will be the author of it and God will hold you in his hand. You'll never do anything better in this lifetime. If you think, oh, I'm not ready yet, I... Well, you know, I still got some things I want to do. I still got some places I want to go. Or, you know, man, I mean, I, we, we do some drinking. We go to the bars. We yada, yada. Listen, I've been there, done that. I've said all that stuff. I said the same thing, lived the same life. And I'm telling you now, they ain't got nothing to offer you. All they got is hangovers, hard times, and poverty. The best thing you'll ever do with your life is surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never trusted Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, this morning, today is your day. Today is the acceptable day. Now is the acceptable time. God doesn't have to call you again. You may live another 50 years. The Holy Spirit don't have to draw you again. He can call you right now, and if he never speaks to you again, he's done enough. He gave you a chance. Today is your day. Are you willing to trust Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Today. Are you willing to confess your sins and say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner? I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins today. I'm asking you to erase all of my sins in the blood of Jesus today. I'm asking you to save my soul in Jesus' name. You said that prayer this morning. You trusted Christ to save you. Your name's written down in glory. You're just as much a child of God as anybody in this place. This morning... Would you be willing to raise your